What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel of Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. I've got a really cool guest. His name is Jeff Harry. He is the international positive psychology play speaker. Jeff, thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to share what you do because it's really kind of neat. It's more of like a niche. So like I talked to a lot of different types of coaches. What you do is very unique. So can you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about your background? Sure. So Jeff Harry, uh, I run an organization called Rediscover Your Play, where I actually combine positive psychology and play to help teams navigate really difficult conversations and address really challenging issues. And then the way in which I work with a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs is helping them actually rediscover that inner child, that like the stuff that got them really excited when they first created their business using play-oriented mindset and approach. That's really important. I, I think I'm still like a little kid at heart. I have not lost that. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's good and it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's just all good. That's just me. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I think that's really important because I feel like people like get stuck or they have allowed life to really kind of beat them down and they've they've lost touch with that inner child and, and that, that passion and excitement of really kind of what keeps us young so to speak well that's an interesting way in which you ask that is just because i you know people always ask me why do adults not play enough and i always answer with uh, 148,000 no's by the time you reach the age of 18 you've heard the word no approximately 148,000 times according to certain studies but you've only heard the word yes maybe eight to ten thousand times So you think about all of that, right? And then you are in school where you're like, when you were younger, where you're should on all the time, you you should do this, you should do that. You're should on by teachers, by your parents, by your aunt and uncle. Like they are literally telling you like, you should major, you should become a doctor when you grow up. And you're like, I'm six years old. Like, why are you giving me this advice right now? But like, (laughs) that is what's like, so that's happening all the time. And then you get to your teen years and- you get inundated with more information in a day than most people got in a year in 1950. And most of that information is telling you, don't be yourself. You're not enough. And you should buy this product because that will bring you happiness. Right? So it's such a revolutionary rebellious act to play, to embrace play. Right. To, to start a podcast, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> called it label free. To just experiment, you know, because yeah. this, this, is, this is the world we're now dealing with. And I talk a lot now about how play is the opposite of perfection. Yeah. And perfection is like rooted in shame. You know, you can't play when you feel shame, right? Right. right. People I like hanging out with the most are shameless, right? You know, they're, they're constantly experimenting. So- My question always to people whenever they're creating their business or addressing their team is what is driving this action you're about to do? Is it driven by perfection, ego, and shame, or is it driven by experimentation and play? Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's huge. So before we start recording, you said something about, um, if like, after we get over this whole, like what we've gone through this last year, and if, um, companies don't embrace more of that play type of, um, uh, idea they're going to really got to they're they're going to be left behind. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So so if you think about it, uh, Stephen Johnson says this. You know, the future is where people are having the most fun. That's yeah. actually where also the money goes. Yeah. So if you look at the companies that are thriving, TikTok, now Clubhouse, right? 
Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, like, you know, certain organizations, you know, have been willing to take risks during 2020 and they were adaptable, they were resilient, you know, and they thrived. That is play, right? Yeah. But if you're willing to just be like, I can't wait to get back to normal so we can do marketing the same way we've always done, so we can do recruiting the same way we've always done, you know, you're going to be obsolete like Blockbuster. Like that's yeah. just a given because we're not going back to normal. There's going to be a new normal. And if you're not coming from a place of shared humanity and really be allowing your staff to play more at their job and really identify what it is that actually drives them and puts them into flow, you're going to have high turnover because they're going to go to the organizations where it's more fun to be at. Yeah, that's, that's very fascinating. And I think that, I mean, I, I agree with you hundred percent. So how do you, in, in your business, if a corporation wants to hire you, how do, what does that look like from start to finish? You go in and you do a consultation or you look at yeah. the culture. So how does that work? So it depends on what the company is trying to address, right? Mm-hmm. Some companies are, you know, that I've worked with are like, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of stuck and yeah. we're, you know, we, we, you know, we're just not as motivated. So then I'll go in and really try to figure out how we can attach back the mission of what they do, right? To the creativity of their staff. And I actually, and this is something like team leaders can do themselves right now, is I actually help them to identify what is the work that is the flow work of your staff. Your staff has, you know, uh, work that they consider their zone of genius work. It's the work where they forget about time. Marcus Buckingham refers to it as their red thread work, right? It's work that if they were not getting paid, they would still do it, right? So talk to your team members and be like, what is the work that you love to do most? Yeah. Awesome. Now let's look at how much of your day or of your week do you spend doing that type of work? Oh, you love connecting to, with clients? What percentage of your work is done right now doing that? 15%? Oh, all, you do all these other admin tasks, but that's where you thrive? Yeah. How can we move that from 15 to 20%? Because not only is that going to actually bring you more revenue, right. but it's also going to motivate your staff more. And when they do their flow work, it has a ripple effect on all of their other work. And if you feel like, well, I don't know if that actually works. You know, I don't know if that's true. Here's an example. Google does something called the 20% program where they give their staff a fifth of their time to pursue whatever they want in a, you know, a curious space, basically five hours a week, where they can, or a little bit more than that, you know, where they just pursue something that will help Google out. Sure. But is it is of interest of them. What has come from the Google 20% program? AdSense, which pays the bills, Google Meet, which everyone uses now, and Gmail, which we all use. These are all billion dollar ventures that were created because we allowed for that creativity and we gave that playground for people to play. You can't give your staff 20% of their time, but you can find 5% to look for, and that will motivate your staff exponentially. So that's just one way I do that. Wow. That's, I love that. And I, and I think that you, yeah, I think a lot more companies are going to be needing people like you as as our, as our society gets back into whatever that new normal is going to be considered. Because yeah, I think that in this digital age is technological age that you have to give your employees a little bit more freedom because, because of that technology, because I mean, it's so, I'm finding for me, and as we talked about, like, 
for me, it's so important to start keep making those connections, whether it's like social media or what have you, because that's just the world, the, the world we live in. It's not going yeah. anywhere. Exactly. It's not going anywhere. And you have to adapt to, to what that looks like as an employer for your employees, because it is such a part of our culture. Yep. And then I also help companies with actually like creating psychologically safe work environments, right? Okay. Because a lot of teams don't know how to have a difficult conversation. A lot of teams are dealing with toxicity at work or that toxic person at work. Yeah. They don't know how to handle that person, right? So I help them navigate those hard conversations. And the reason why is because psychologically safe teams are proven to be more profitable, sure. less turnover, higher morale, you know, it, it, and it has, a, has a benefit that ripples throughout the entire company, you know, and we need to be figuring out how to create these psychologically safe environments because when people go back to the office, if yeah. they feel safe, they're going to leave. Right. Well, I mean, I think, I'll, yeah, that's so, so how do you go in and attack that kind of issue? So because it's positive psychology and play, I use a lot of role playing in our workshops. We actually play out what's it like to actually address that toxic person. How do you address that person where you're not attacking their character, but you're simply addressing their behavior and the impact that it's having. And the thing is, is like a lot of companies and especially a lot of teams, you don't get a lot of time to practice anything. Yeah. If you think about it, you're always like told you got to be producing, got to be producing. But if you think of like a football team, right? They play on Sunday, but they practice all week yeah. for a three-hour game. We get no practice. We get no practice of being a middle manager. We get no practice of how like I grow my team. How do I mentor? And we definitely have no practice on how do I have a hard conversation with someone. So yeah. we actually practice that in a safe environment in a workshop or multiple workshops as well as one-on-one and after we do that then people are like wait a minute it's not that bad i can do this i can have this conversation i thought i couldn't before but now that i've done it over and over again i see that it's not going to be that bad and then they're more willing to do it and not only does that help them in in the office in your in your business in the workspace but that has got to translate at home too I'm the the oldest of five. And let me tell you, when you're a part of a big family, I don't know what what you're, how you grew up. You don't always fight fair. (laughs) So you do create some toxicity within your family dynamic and, but you love each other. Like you, you, if you ever watch the Kardashians, the way that they fight, that's how me and my family fight. So I watched it. I'm laughing because (laughs) that's how we fight. But as we've gotten older, we have learned how to, to not be as toxic and be a little bit more constructive in the way we communicate and, and, you know, work through certain issues. So that is really, that's really important. Right. And I think of my friend, Eric Bailey, who taught me this, that any conversation you go into, you either go in to understand or to be right, but you can't do both. And we try to do both and it's just not realistic. So you really have to, you, you know, I recently had a discussion with someone that I, I disagree with completely on a political spectrum. Okay. She's far on one side, I'm far on the other. She's this, you know, pretty famous YouTuber. You know, thousands of people were watching our YouTube stream as we had this conversation. The conversation lasted three hours. Wow. And it was, and it was all about understanding. How do we be, you know, and we had to keep trying to figure out where we had shared understanding. And sometimes we're like, I want to be right. But it's like, no, right now, that's not where, that's not the goal. The goal right. is to not 
when the goal is to try to actually connect and really understand where our values actually align. Oh, oh wow. Oh, that, that had to be an intense conversation. Three hours. It Were you was. exhausted after that one? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. I had to rest for like two days after. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm still resting, I'm still resting a few years. <laughs> so, but was, how did that turn out, though, for her audience? It was great. I mean, there were some people in her audience that even said, I like this. I yeah. like that I'm, that you're talking with someone that you disagree with. I'm going to start a YouTube channel and reach out to someone I disagree with. And like, that was the point, right? Yeah. Is that even in this like politically, you know, like situation that we yeah. are currently in, can we have respectful conversations? Let's see if we can. This is again, all about experimentation and play. I love that. I mean, I'd, so I'd, I'd be honest, I was really guilty that I was having a hard time having those healthy dialogues with people that I didn't agree with. And then I decided, and I, I got real passionate and caught up in that like right early on last year, like a lot of people did. And then I was like, whoa, this is not good for me. This is not good for my connections. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have your opinion. I can have mine. Mm-hmm. I, that does not define us who we are. We can still talk and maintain like our friendship, our connection, whatever. Be, but I, I, it was so incredibly charged last year. And I, I think that's kind of dying off a little bit. Hopefully, hopefully I yeah. refuse to, I refuse to get in the conversations anymore. I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm over it. <laughs> but even when I did campaign work and you would knock on doors, I would meet a lot of people regardless of their political spectrum, a lot of them agree on many of the same things, family, you know, you know, caring for one another, looking out for, you know, your neighbor, like it's not actually as charged as you see on TV as you actually have conversations with people and you see the humanity in people and you're like, Oh, this is, we agree. We agree on most things. Right. Well, yeah, at the end of the day, we're all on the same side. We were trying to live our best life, right? right. All of us. That's all we're trying to do. What? <laughs> so actually, I wanted to just like highlight some of your um, accomplishments here. You were uh, selected as one of the top 100 HR influencers of 2020. Um, top HR influencer, influencers to watch by Bamboo HR, which is really great. Um, and then you were even featured in the New York Times article, how to add more play to your grown up life. Even, even now is that, yeah, I love that. That is so fantastic. Well, congratulations on all that. Yeah. There's actually two other articles I got recently featured in Mashable. Uh, and the title of that one was like how to stop scrolling, like scrolling through social media and start pursuing your joy through play. And then Upworthy just featured me as, you know, it was me and a person that makes, that created goat yoga. And it was, it was, yeah, she made it. Yeah. She created goat yoga. And it's all about people that pursued their passion by yeah. following their curiosity. I, I've actually, I haven't done the goat yoga, but I went to where they were having it and they had the goats out there. And right. I can, did I go, did I do it? Or maybe it's I did really do weird. it. It's really interesting. It is really interesting. It's kind of, it's funny. I mean, it's just simply being around animals actually relaxes you. Then great. This is perfect for you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you get the bonus of the yoga and the, and the goats. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Uh, I see you have some questions here. So maybe I'll dive into one of these and um, ask you one of them. I like this one. Why is it important to let go of your expectations for 2020 in order to create something amazing? The few months we have, Oh, well, the, now as we go into 2021, let's uh-huh. change. Yeah. That. So I think what's, crucial is, uh, I speak about this a lot, expectations are the thief of joy, 
right? Yes. And adults are so fixated on results. We're like, if I don't get this certain result, then I'm really disappointed. And a lot of people suffered through 2020 because if you think about it, the beginning of 2020, everyone was thinking, this is my year. This is going to be the year where my life is going to change. I'm going to get married. I'm going to start my business. And my business is going to reach X amount of figures. And then it didn't. And people, people still were able to like still focused on that. So when we're able to actually let go of results, right. And we're able to play and experiment more, we open ourselves up to so many more options. And what's actually happening in your brain is, you know, when you go, your brain goes from a beta state to a flow state, you actually go through something called hypnofrontality, where a part of your prefrontal cortex actually shuts down. Wow. And your inner critic, that, that mean voice in your head that's like, oh, yeah, you got to do this and you got to do that, that actually dissipates when you're in a flow state. And then your implicit mind appears and you become highly creative. And then instead of seeing just that one result, you see all of the opportunities in front of you. And you felt this way when you've like traveled and you're like, well, what do we want to do today? And you're like, well, maybe we'll do this or this. There's, and you're looking at all the options. And you're like, well, yes, maybe I'll just hop on this moped and, oh, maybe I'll go to this deserted island or, oh, I'll go to this like moon party. And then all of a sudden, you know, you meet the love of your life. Right. And you're just like saying yes. And to everything. And that is the process. That's how I built, you know, a STEM organization to one of the largest in the U S by simply following that curiosity, following that play, following your feet per se, right? Mm-hmm. Where the energy goes, where the fun is. Yeah. And that was a, I was able to build such a huge business that way. And that's how I'm building this business. So like, like I said earlier to you, you know, before then I was on a, over a hundred podcasts yet last year. Oh, as yeah, let's a, talk about that. Just interviewing. And I did that because I was thinking at the beginning, I think I started doing it in around April, right? When, when most people were starting their podcasts, I was starting to interview on a lot of podcasts. Okay. The goal was not to hit a hundred. I didn't even know when I hit it. I simply was like, I need to figure out a more creative way of marketing that actually connects to what I love to do. Well, I love to talk to people. Well, then let's hop on a bunch of podcasts. And I just kept doing it for fun. And I was like, I'm going to stop when I don't feel like it's fun anymore. Yeah. And it just stayed fun. And then all of a sudden, at some point I was like, let me just count how many I've done. Oh my gosh, it's like 110, 120. I didn't even realize that, but, you know, also doing that process, I gained all these other benefits. I started figuring out, I had certain sound bites and certain talks in my head that I didn't know. I started meeting people that I would have never met. I've done podcasts in Australia, you know, Europe, you know, and even, you know, and all, all over the U S right. Yeah. And the other part benefit of it was like, I just learned how to find my voice yes. in a different way that I didn't even know. So, so again, follow that curiosity. You know, I know you have a to-do list of things that you need to get done. I get it. Yeah. But start your day with play. And here's why I would say start your day with play. I start my day by making stupid TikTok videos. They're ridiculous. <laughs> they have no ROI value. I'm not like making money or monetizing these, but I do them because it frames my day yeah. as play, right? Yeah. So like, I'll just go through the beginning of my day today, right? I woke up, made a bunch of TikTok videos, went on a walk to post my videos, you know, and then my friend um, Desiree would always teach me this. 
ask yourself when good things are happening, how can it ask yourself, how can it get any better than this? And right. ask from a curious place, ooh, how can it get any better than this? So, so I made a bunch of TikTok videos. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Oh, I went on this walk. Ooh, how can I get it better than this? Oh, I hopped onto a meeting right, right after we spoke. I hopped onto a meeting where, you know, I'm going to be presenting in front of like this huge conference of, of art stores. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Now we're having this conversation. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Ooh, I'm brainstorming my friend later about like new ideas of what we can pitch on Clubhouse. How can it get any better than this? And when you're building and stacking and positively priming, yeah, we'll actually look at the day as play. Yeah. But what most people do when they say they have a bad day is I challenge them. They didn't have a bad day. What they had was a bad moment and yeah. thoughts you last between nine seconds and 90 seconds, right? And you ruminated about that bad moment. And then you prime your mind to look for the next bad moment, right. the next bad moment, the next bad moment. But if you simply shift it to ask yourself with curiosity, how can it get any better than this? You can shift your entire day and potentially your entire life. Well, with that being said, if you guys want you anything to get better for you, I'm going to have Jeff plug your, can you plug your, all your links? So if they want to reach out to you, they can contact you. If they want a consultation, if they feel like this would be useful for their business or for themselves as an entrepreneur, let sure. them know where they yeah. can find oh, you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can connect with me at rediscoveryourplay.com and simply click on the let's play button where I have of ways in which you can actually play to you know build up your <clears throat> build up your business or you can hop on a quick call with me and we can figure out how we can have you kick more ass in this world through play and then if you don't mind can i goodwill hunt your people before i bounce sure so do you remember goodwill hunting yes so, you know, at the end, for anyone that doesn't know, at the end of Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon is Matt Damon's character is a genius. He can have any job he wants, right? right? And Affleck, his best friend, works construction, not a genius. Yeah. And and they're sitting at a construction site, and Ben asks him, When are you gonna take, you know, this those high-paying jobs? You can have any job you want. And Matt's like, I'm not, you know, I'm gonna work construction. We're going to raise our kids next to each other. We're going to take them to Foley Field. And that's just what I'm going to do. And Ben turns to him and he's like, if I see you here in 20 years, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm literally going to kill you. And he goes, what, 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 I owe it to myself? And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Yeah. Because I'm going to be here in 20 years. And, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. But you are sitting on a winning lottery ticket and you're too scared to cash it in. And every one of your listeners is sitting on a winning lottery ticket. And this is not about cashing it in for you. This is not about you. It's actually about you showing up so that others show up. Someone is waiting for you to do your thing so they can do their thing. If you don't start this label-free podcast and you take this risk, I wouldn't be here. So now you take that risk. Now I'm here. So anyone that's listening to this, it's just like, this is the time. You want to you impact the world? You want to change the world? Simply do what makes you come alive. Do what Howard Thurman said. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is for more people to come alive. So my question to you is, are you ready to come alive? <laughs> I got tears in my eyes. Oh my God, that was amazing. Oh my gosh.
Okay, on that note, I don't think it can get any better than that. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Duff, for being a guest. We're going to have to do a follow-up, uh, um, but that was just amazing. So incredibly inspiring and motivating. If you guys didn't get moved by that, then I don't. You, we got to check your pulse. But this is your host, Deanna Kempel, with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label-free. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share, and I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.